Good morning. I'm Father Bill Stafford, um, one of the retired priests who helps here at St. Luke's. I have missed you all so much, and I'm preaching actually from my study. The background is of our beloved altar in the sanctuary, of course. Um, here we are gathered as best we can electronically. Barbara and I holding last year's palm fronds in our hands as we enter Holy Week through this Palm Sunday. I have the sense, certainly in myself, of how much we need each other and how grateful we are to have this kind of connection with the church and the people of St. Luke's and with the God who loves us and will never leave us no matter what the circumstances. We entered Holy Week today through the gate of Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. When he came through those gates with the people's shouts of Hosanna, there grew the hope that finally all would be well, that this once in the whole mixed up history of the human family, things would go really the right way. Humanity would turn to God and accept God as God with trust and love and joy and serve each other for God's sake. Surely there was that hope for the political rulers of Palestine to start with. Herod and Pontius Pilate might choose actually to seek justice and the welfare of all the people. That they would not be afraid of a political rival or a political danger in Jesus, but welcome him as the one who incarnates all that government is finally about. True peace and justice on this earth. For the only Lord we have is God, and every human being and every nation is dear to that God. There was that hope for the priests, the religious leaders, that they might welcome the one who fulfills everything that human religion had ever pointed toward, not treating religion as a field for their own advancement, or treating God's law and God's temple as their own property but welcoming the one to whom it all pointed, the true Messiah. And then the people, the hope that they might have a serious, profound engagement with God, not expecting their leaders to do it all for them or making them scapegoats when things went wrong, truly greeting Jesus as their Lord, as God with them, eventually anyway, the true center of life. And then there were Jesus' disciples, the hope that after all their bumbling and misunderstanding, they would finally get it, that God is not about the kingdom and power and glory of his followers, but about their service to all as a light to the nations, incarnating God's love for all. But then we moved from the triumphal entry into the Passion where everything went so terribly wrong. The terrible sadness that the promise of this day with its glory and joy went bad so fast. The rulers, Herod and Pontius Pilate, betrayed justice and the common good to destroy what they thought was a threat to their power. The religious leaders rejected Jesus as a false messiah and did what they could to get rid of him. The people ignored what was happening altogether, just going about their daily business, or dropped their hosannas and actually turned against Jesus. 
and then the disciples of Jesus. One of them betrayed him. One of them denied him. The rest scattered and ran, except for a few of the women. The disciples were completely unprepared for the cross. All went bad, very bad. But that leaves God and God's purposes out of view, for God had other plans. What does this Palm Sunday say to our situation now? We do so much, we are doing so much, and so much that is good. In our present crisis, I'm put in mind of what Mr. Rogers said, in such dark times, look to the helpers. Think of the physicians coming out of retirement and the nurses putting themselves at risk, the social workers working 12-hour days to diminish the risk to the homeless, our politicians here in this state and county doing all they can to make, make things livable for those who are at risk or who are in danger of losing their jobs or their businesses. Good things are happening all around us in this dark time. The helpers are here. The bishop and our clergy are working with incredible energy and creativity to meet our spiritual need for God and each other. Yet this week, at the heart of all the other 51 weeks of the year, this week has its central lesson that for all our good intentions and all our potential, we did not save the world. We did not even save ourselves. On Good Friday, humanity failed. God and God only saved the world in Jesus. This week is not about our success, but about God's mercy. It is not about our love or justice, but about God's, who out of our injustice established his justice for us, and out of our brokenness made all things new. This week starts with the glorious welcome of the Messiah in his Jerusalem, but then it turns to a hill outside of the city and the lonely death of that one man. But it was out of his death that our life comes, out of that injustice that we were justified. Out of this week's darkness, there breaks Easter's eternal life. Our present crisis, our present danger and deprivation do not and will not have the last word because what, what God did in Jesus once for all, the last word is God's. It is the word of God's mercy, of infinite care, of boundless love. We live this week remembering that it was at such countless cost that God did it, but God did do it. God will not forget us. God will not leave us. In life or in death, for richer or for poorer, in sickness or in health, God will not be parted from us, no matter what it costs. In loneliness, remember God's love. In fear, remember God's salvation. In loss, remember God's infinite generosity. Even if you or I cannot feel it, God is still there, drawing us to this cross, and beyond it, to the empty tomb, to the hope that death itself could not swallow. The last word is God's, 
And that word is love. Amen. God bless us all. <laughs>